Thanks for listening to the Cool Church Podcast. We're praying that wherever you are on this journey, that this message encourages you. And we wanted you to know that you were created out of love. And now, here's today's message. What up, cool family? Cool summer still in full effect. And man, I just want to thank y'all. I, I'm, I can, I, I know I'm, I'm really being uh, rested, and Joe and I are being refilled. Oh, I cannot wait to come back next week with some fire for y'all. You better tell everybody, Pastor T is back. I ain't playing no games with nobody. Next week, I am ready to punch the devil in the teeth. I'm excited about it because I'm filled up with that Holy Ghost energy. But thank you for allowing me to rest because rest is really what allows that to happen. If you haven't took rest in your life, make sure you get some rest because rest gives you a reset. Amen. Well, cool summer, week four, full effect. I got one more dynamic communicator for you. And I was just trying to think, man, who could who could wrap this thing well, man? Who should be the last person before I, I came back? And and man, there's a guy that I love so so much. Um, Pastor Charlie Dawes. Oh my goodness. What could I say about him? There's so much to say because I know you hear me say this about different people, but he is uh, another key individual and a relationship that God cultivated as Joe and I stepped out to plant Cool Church and we would not be here without him. He literally has invited me many a times to come and speak um, to his congregation. And can I tell you, Charlie's the kind of dude that doesn't just let you know he loves you by telling you. He puts his money where his mouth is. Cool Church has been blessed financially countless times by Charlie and his wife, uh, Nicole. And I'm so thankful because he's believed in us from day one and was willing to sow seeds in this house so that we could keep going. There were times when we first started in that first year, I'm like, God, how are we gonna keep the lights on? How are we gonna pay the rent? And every time, man, a seed, song from the Dawes family would come in at the right time just to keep us going. Um, and not only are they generous people, uh, but Charlie, man, he's the smartest guy in the room. He probably won't say that because he won't brag on himself, but I have learned uh, more theology uh, from Charlie than probably any human being on the planet. His book, Simple Prayer, has literally changed my life. The way that I pray, there's a repetitiveness uh, to my prayers that I learned strictly by reading uh, his book, Simple uh, Prayer. And if you don't have it, you should Google it right now, get it on Amazon, do something, but I hope you brought some with him because uh, you should get them and he should not leave with any of them. But that book has changed the way that I pray um, and really uh, changed uh, my relationship with God, how, how I see him through my prayer, what I expect of him, because I know at the end of the day, prayer um, is supposed to change me in the process. And I want to thank you for that, Charlie. Charlie's a great man. He's an amazing communicator, dynamic, funny, knows that word inside and out. And today you are going to be blessed by him. I'm so excited. Um, 
If I had one thing to say about Charlie, I'm a little jealous because his sneaker collection is greater than mine. I will not hold that against him. Just hope that one day, Spirit of the Lord speaks to him to donate some shoes to your old pastor. Here. But other than that, he's awesome. And I love him. Charlie, man, you're my guy. I love you. Thank you so much for coming to the MIA to be a blessing to us. And because honor is our calling, everybody, get up on your feet. Come on, that person in the back. If I got to talk to you one more time, I'm going to see you next week. I'm going to see you. Get up. Come on, get up right now. Honor's our calling. Come on. And on the count of three, let's get the loudest applause we can to Pastor Charlie Dog of Hill City, all the way from Washington, D.C. Uh, cool church. Thank you so much. Hey, while we're putting our hands together, uh, would you help me? What a, an incredible uh, introduction that I certainly won't be able to live up to. This disappointment is now what you're going to experience. But man, everything, remember when you were a kid, and, and I don't know if you, you would say this, but I remember, I remember having moments where I would say this, somebody would insult you and you, you'd, hit them with, you'd hit them with this line, you'd say, I'm rubber, your glue, whatever you say, bounces off of me, it sticks to you. That's what I feel like in this moment because I think you have two of the greatest pastors that I know. They believe in people. They love God. Come on, you know where we're going with this. Come on, why don't you clap? Not only honoring them, but come on, why don't you honor the God that has given them to you? Come on, they're a blessing to my life. They're a blessing to your life. God's hand is on their life so strong. I'm so grateful for them. And I'm honored to be here um, with you guys. Why don't you go ahead and take your seats? cool church we're going to get into the word in just a moment but man I would be um man I'd be remiss if I didn't let you guys know I have just a a lot of times when I'll, I'll go preach I bring one of my my kids my youngest son gets to come with me and uh, honestly last time I was with you guys my my son was turning 10 and some of you were here and you remember that and some of you guys were so kind to him and uh, I'll never I'll never forget that his 10th birthday was spent at cool church and uh, he loved every minute of it and came home and bragged to his um, siblings that he had a better day than they did. It was, uh, it was great. But this, this Sunday, I get to, I get to travel with, with my favorite person in, in the whole world. Um, she's my girl from way back when. She's my baby's mama. All of them, all of them. And I've been married for 20 years. And so Nicole, love you so much, grateful for you. Cool church, you ready for God's word? Come on, join me, Genesis chapter one. And if you got your Bible, why don't you go ahead, we're gonna do old school today. If you got your Bible, why don't you let your fingers do the walking and why don't you hold a place for me at Ezekiel chapter 37. Beginning of the message, we will start right at the beginning, Genesis chapter one, verse one. And hear how all of the scripture begins. In the beginning, God created the heavens and the earth. And the earth was without form and void, and darkness was over the face of the deep. And the Spirit of God was hovering over the face of the waters. And God said, let there be light, and there was light. And God saw that the light was good, and God separated the light 
from the darkness. Now keep that in mind. And come with me now to Ezekiel chapter 37. I'm going to read a, a sizable portion of scripture. But I know what house I'm in. And I know y'all love God's word. Chapter 37. Ezekiel says, now the hand of the Lord was upon me. And he brought me out in the spirit of the Lord and he set me down in the middle of the valley and it was full of bones. And he led me around among them and behold, there were very many on the surface of the valley and behold, they were very dry. They were dead, dead. That's my paraphrase, just so clear. And he said to me, son of man, can these bones live? If you have your own scriptures, why don't you underline that question? Because I think it's a question the spirit wants to challenge us with this morning. Can these bones live? And Ezekiel answers, oh Lord God, only you know. And then he said to me, prophesy over these bones and say to them, oh dry bones, hear the word of the Lord. Thus says the Lord God to these bones, behold, I will cause breath to enter you and you shall live and I will lay sinews upon you and I will cause flesh to come upon you and cover you with skin and I will put breath in you and you shall live and you shall know that I am the Lord. So I prophesied as I was commanded and I prophesied and as I was prophesying, there was a sound and behold, a rattling and the bones came together, bone to its bone. And I looked and behold, there were sinews on them and the flesh had come upon them and skin had covered them, but there was no breath in them. And then he said to me, prophesy to the breath, prophesy son of man and say to the breath, thus says the Lord God, come from the four winds, O breath, and breathe on these slain that they may live. So I prophesied as he commanded me and the breath came into them and they lived and they stood on their feet, an exceedingly great army. Cool church for the next few moments. I want to. I want to preach a sermon to you around this title. Come, Holy Spirit. Would you bow your heads and would you pray with me? Father, our, our prayer begins with that phrase. Come, Holy Spirit. One of the oldest prayers of the church. Church that gathers in Acts chapter 2 waiting for the promise of God. If our ear was to the door of that room, we could hear that prayer. Come, Holy Spirit, come. God, do what only you can do. Give us ears to hear your word. Give us minds to comprehend it. Give us hearts and lives to be changed by your word. God, we didn't come here just for an exchanging of thoughts and ideas. We've come here that your spirit might transform us, that your spirit might save us, that your spirit might restore us. Do what only you can do in this place, God. We'll be quick to give you the praise now and forever. And all God's people said, amen.
and amen. And so when we kind of think about this idea of the Holy Spirit, uh, what, a, what an incredible sort of topic. What, one that we could spend the summer, we could spend weeks on sort of talking and understanding the Spirit of God, but, but for today and for our, our time together, what I want us to notice is that the Spirit of God is not a few things. Many of us, depending upon your background, your uh, history with church, you have preconceived notions about the Holy Spirit. There are some church environments that you may have been a part of that they highlight the Father a ton and the Son, he gets a lot of press as well. But the Holy Spirit is, as one author says, oftentimes the forgotten God. Listen, I, I want us to know the Father and I want us to know the Son, but can I also encourage you today that the Holy Spirit is not the forgotten God, is not a lesser God. But for us, we are to embrace, we are to encounter, we are to be empowered by this Spirit of God that is not a subsidiary, that is not a second class, but it is the very Spirit of Christ. When the biblical authors would write about the Holy Spirit and you see the Holy Spirit is on the very first page of the Bible. The second sentence says that the Spirit of God was hovering. And if you look into the language and you see the way that this is sort of talking, it gives this idea that the Spirit was dancing over the chaos, was dancing over the waters. And what I want us to see is that the Spirit is on front and center at the very beginning of the narrative. Scripture begins with the Spirit dancing over the chaos and dancing over what you actually could break down as wild and waste. And then we see an incredible passage of scripture that for us that have been raised around church, you'll understand this, this phrase. There are some passages in the Bible that just preach themselves. Ezekiel chapter, chapter 37 is one of those verses. Uh, you, could, you could read a couple lines and just let it sit. Like that good R&B music. Y'all know what I'm talking about. Just kind of sit with it. Don't be quick with it. The R&B music le leads to slow dancing. Slow dancing leads to babies. Um, I thank God for Brian McKnight. Um, one of these days I ever meet him, I'm going to look him dead in his eyes and say, thank you, sir. Thank you. And he's like, for what? I'm like, you know. You knew what you were doing. You knew. But, but there's a sense of being able to just sort of rest. And you, you recognize that Ezekiel, when he, when he writes this, and Ezekiel's ministry is not one that happens sequestered in a room. Like, like oftentimes, if we're not careful, we think that the biblical writers are not writing in their experience, but they're writing out of a place of just sort of uh, intellectual ascent. They're writing this letter, and, and here it is, and hopefully we can receive it. But Ezekiel is writing from, from a, a place of, of experience. This is a vision. This is a dream. This is something that the Spirit of God is showing him and what's happening around him in his life at this time, it's important for us to notice. The Spirit doesn't speak to him in the best of days. The Spirit is speaking to him as the people of God have been exiled, as he's no longer in his home, as he's no longer having the things that were familiar to remind them of God's presence. No temple, no home, 
And yet in that place and at that time, this is when the word of the Lord comes to him. I don't know who this is for, but I want to encourage somebody. You may be in a season and at a place right now where you don't have the familiar things that used to remind you of God's goodness and God's grace and God's mercy. But can I ask you this question? Can those bones live? Can they live? You see, many times in our life, we have these questions that beg to be asked. But some of us don't have the courage to engage the question. Do you ever have a moment in your life when you, when you knew, you knew something was going on and you knew if you just pushed on it a little bit, you'd, you'd kind of get into it. You ever have a question that you're almost too afraid to ask because the truth might've been more than you could have bear? You see, many of us, if we're not careful, our relationships will remain so surface level. Can I, can I tell you one of the things I'm grateful for about my wife? Whew. She'll ask the question. She'll get in my business. One of the prerequisites, honestly, of being my friend is that you will get in my kitchen. That you, that you will not simply stay in the foyer in the front room, but you'll come into the kitchen. Yeah. Only trusted people get to come into the kitchen. Yeah. Do you see what I'm saying? Like, uh, remember, I don't know how your house works, but I know in my house, if a, if, a, if a person that was invited over to the house for the first time, if they put their hands on the refrigerator, they ain't coming back for the second time. Are you with me? Yeah. Can I be honest and just tell you, this is telling on myself, and this is not part of the message, but we're, we're friends. There's also another test. It's a, it's a, it's a, I feel bad saying this, but it's confession is good for the soul. If you come to my house and the first time that you're there, if the first drink that you drink at my house is orange juice, I don't like you. Because you know good and well how expensive orange juice is. And you, you, and then if you drink a big glass of it, now you're stingy and you can't come back anymore. Or at least you're on a timeout. You just can't come back every day and drink all my orange juice. I don't know why I said that. Help me, Lord. I was in my flesh there just for a minute. Very passionate about orange juice in my life. Um, I grew up in Florida, so I know good orange juice and I know bad orange juice. Don't you, if, if you have to mix your orange juice with water, I'm not trying to drink that. Listen to me, I grew up on orange juice, frozen, add water to it, stirred around. Now that I've grown up, when I was young, I did not know the things of the Lord. And as I matured, I, the things of the Lord simply aren't, you know, simply, yeah, give me that stuff. Love that. Many of us in our relationships, though, we, we have weird parameters. We don't engage. We don't lean in. We don't, and, and we don't ask the hard questions. And here's what I found. If your relationships don't invite you into asking hard questions, more than likely your spirituality is void of them as well. If you don't got people in your life that you can see that are challenging you, it's really, really hard then for the Holy Spirit to be welcome to challenge you. you we, we just get real comfortable of ignoring the hard questions and we certainly don't receive them. And then we don't want God doing that either because it's, it's painful and it's powerful because hard questions re require a response. Yeah. Parents in the room, if you ask your child a question, you don't want silence. You're like, hey, Answer me. There's times when our kids will ask a question and they're like looking back. I'm like, it's not rhetorical. 
I want to hear your voice. If you tell me I don't know, I'll fight you in the front yard. Tell me what you're thinking. Tell me how we got here. I see, I see Ezekiel's question and it's one uh, that begs, begs for our engagement. This morning as our, our time together, I want to be purposed in it. And so there's three things and three movements that I want to take us through that I think are connected deeply in the sort of Old Testament understanding of the Holy Spirit. When the Old Testament writers, the biblical writers talked about the Holy Spirit, what they referenced and what they were thinking in their mind is the personal presence of God. So think about this, think about those that have, have grown up or, or you've been distant or you've been afraid of the Holy Spirit because can I just say this, and I wanna comfort you with this, that the Holy Spirit is not weird. You might be weird. People that you've been around or in contact with may be weird, but the Holy Spirit is not weird. The Holy Spirit, the biblical writers, their understanding of the Spirit was that it was the personal presence of God. I want to encounter and engage with the Holy Spirit, why? So that my understanding of God is not just an intellectual one, but that it is an encounter, it is a presence. I don't just wanna know facts and data about God. I want to encounter his personality, his presence, a nearness to us. You see the very beginning of the scripture, the spirit is spoken of as the breath, the wind, the spirit. Each of these words in Hebrew and then in the Greek and the New Testament, they all are, are, sort, of, are sort of captured and they move. And so even as you're reading the scripture, as you read and you, you see the word breath in the text in Ezekiel chapter 37, and you see the spirit moving, this sort of wind, this sort of movement, it is the same word captured in Hebrew, meaning multiple sort of different facets. You know the beautiful thing about God is that God isn't just something we see and behold from one angle. There's multiple facets in which I can hold God and I can talk and I can think and I can come to this side and see God differently. Can I come to this side and I see God differently? It's the reason why when you and I read a passage of scripture in one season of our life, it hits us one way. And then another season in our life, it'll hit us completely different. I can tell you this, that I read scripture differently after I got married. I read scripture differently after I had kids. And as they're getting older, I'm reading scripture differently. It's the same scripture, different facets, different angles, allows us to see it differently. And so when we talk about the spirit and we talk about this idea of a breath, this is God's invisible presence. This is the creator God that animates and sustains all creation. God is not just the life giver, but he is the life sustainer. The wind is this in invisible, powerful energy. You and I, we're gonna encounter people all the time that don't have the language for the spirituality that's inside of us. You ever met somebody and they say this to you? This is a, a common phrase, it's very, very popular. They'll say this, they'll go, man, I just like your energy. Yeah. But man, I like your vibe. Yeah. Here's what that points to me first off. One, yeah, I get it, I get it. <laughs> Second, y'all laughed a little too hard at that, so that hurts my feelings just a little bit. Um, it's fine, my, my wife loves me. Um, 
But when we encounter them, here's what, here's what it tells me. It tells me that they're experiencing something that they don't have language for. Because one of the prayers for my life, and I'll invite you to pray it. It's a simple prayer that I pray, pray is, is God, let me be felt before I'm heard. God, let me walk into a room and let some things shift and let some things move. Let me let the devils get mad that I'm here. But also let the work that God has begun, let me be sort of like gasoline on that fire. And here's what I used to do when I was young. I thought that happened with my words. The older I'm getting, I'm realizing, no, 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 baby, that's on the inside. It happens when I walk into a room and I'm felt. Because everybody can say stuff, but not everybody can live some stuff. I don't want to simply just be a preacher. I don't want to simply just be a person who can talk about the Bible. I want to simply, I want to be a person that can be about the Bible. I want to be a person that the spirit of God is not an idea that I studied. Your pneumatology doesn't matter if you can't live it. The only theology that matters in your life and in mine is the one that we are willing to live and demonstrate. So we talk about the spirit. I'm not talking about just an emotion that happens in worship. Now that is evidence of the spirit's activity, but please don't get that confused. Because you might walk into a church one day that doesn't have the vibrancy that is a cool church. And you might mistake when really what it is is just a different vantage point on the spirit. I'm a Pentecostal kid. I grew up in church environments where the spirit was, we were about it. Can I, can I tell you what I'm appreciating more and more? And I don't think it's just age. I'd like to believe maybe it's a little bit of maturity in the Lord. The still small voice. I can't hear it if there's a lot of noise. I heard one writer say it this way, that maybe, maybe the Lord whispers so that we have to be close in proximity to hear him. I want the spirit of God to to whisper and to speak to us and understand that it is the wind that is this sort of powerful energy in the same way that I can't see the wind, but I see the effects blowing through the trees. It is the wind that brings God's power. This idea of the spirit within us. You have a spirit. I have a spirit. We are, we are borrowing our spirit from, from God. God has deposited into us. This is the breath in us. Many of us, if we're not careful, we, we just, we read through the Genesis narrative and we see, we see God doing things and we, and we don't consider them for what it means. The breath that comes into the dirt where Adam comes to life. It's not just like us blowing up a balloon at our child's birthday party so that there can be decoration. Without the breath or the spirit, the sustaining spirit of God, we would fall to pieces. Let, let, me, let me just say this to some of you in the room right now. The spirit of God is holding you up and you don't even know it. You're not even aware of the activity of God, maybe because you've been distant, maybe because you're just new to this sort of idea of faith, but I wanna encourage you that the spirit of God that breathed life into Adam in Genesis chapter number one is the same God that is sustaining you right now. And if God took his presence from us, we'd fall to pieces. We'd fall to pieces. 
So the first thing that the Spirit does, and I want you to grab hold of this, there's three things I want you to, to hold on to today. And my prayer is that one of them will land with you. The first one is this, that the Spirit creates. Yes. Spirit creates. From the very beginning, the Spirit has been dancing over the chaos, dancing over the, the wild and the waste. I like looking at the original language to see what, what is there. And every now and then you come across words and they're just, they're just too hard to say. Can I just be honest with you? That's when you read real fast. If you're in a church and they do that, now you understand that they don't know how to pronounce that word. I do that often. But, but in, the, in the Hebrew, it's this, this is beautiful word. It's tovu vavohu. What a great phrase. I was saying that this morning. We were in our hotel room and I was like, hey, tovu vavohu. I was like, what are you talking about? I was like, you know, um, wild and waste, Nicole, duh. Wild and waste, tovu vavohu, this is what the spirit is dancing on top of. Can I, can I preach to you just for a moment? When you look at the creation narrative, many of us want to en engage with this idea that God's creating out of nothing. I love what your church is called, it's created out of love. There is nothing forcing God to create. But God over the wild and the waste sees that there's chaos and chaos longs to be brought back into order. If you ever want to know what leadership is and what leadership looks like, it's those that step into chaos and bring order to it. And that is in line with the spirit of God that creates. The spirit of God dances over the wild and the waste and brings order. Now where in your life right now feels like wild and waste. Because that's the very place that the Spirit of God is desiring today to create something new for life, for beginning, for refreshment, to come from that place. What's powerful when you see Jesus in the New Testament, where's the first place he's taken after his baptism? To the wilderness. He's taken to the wild, why? Because new creation also comes out of the wild. Later on in the Gospels, don't you remember when Jesus is walking out on the water? And what does he say to Peter? Hey, why don't you come here and walk a little bit? And why is Peter so terrified? Because it's the freaking ocean. <laughs> like, that's why he's scared. Let's be honest. I'm growing and the older I get, the more afraid of the water I am. That's how old I am. I'm to the place where I'm like, mm, nah, I don't think I won't do that. <laughs> Nah, nope, that's past waist level. Can't see my feet. <laughs> Men in gray suits, <laughs> swimming all around. Sharks, and I don't want any of those to bite me. But the water in the ancient Near East, the times of the scripture, was also a symbol of chaos. Because the water, it was, so, it was so mysterious, it was so unknown. It was seeming, it was the chaos. And I want you to see the, the beautiful picture that we have in Jesus. And I want this to encourage someone today. Jesus walks through the wild that we feel like can't be redeemed. And then he is hovering, dancing upon the waters that we find chaotic. The spirit of God hovers over the wild and the waste and the spirit creates in that moment. Can I ask you this question? Where in your life right now is God desiring to create where do you need to invite him to dance upon the chaos? Where do, where do you need to allow him to walk through the wild places?
Not only does the spirit create, but the spirit empowers. You can read the Joseph narrative in Genesis, many of you will be aware of it, but for time's sake, we don't have the opportunity really to get into it, to see all of the rhythms of Joseph's life. But Joseph is the first character in all the scripture that is empowered by the spirit of God for a purpose and for a reason. But there's another character in the scripture that, that many of us don't know about, but I think is incredibly, incredibly important. And it's, his name is Belzal-El. Belzal-El was a, an artisan, he was a creative. He was a person that had skills in building and working with his hands and designing things. And God's spirit empowers him to build the Ark of the Covenant. God's spirit empowers him to build places and atmospheres where people might be able to worship. I think your pastors have that anointing and grace on their life. But I don't think they're the only ones in this house that do. You think some of you, and this is the danger of being around people who are incredibly gifted, skilled, talented, is the first thing you think is, man, I just wish I had that. Man, I wish I, I wish I had that. When all God's desiring to do is not just give you somebody else's skill, but God's spirit and your skill, gifting and talented can build a place for God's presence to dwell. This cat in the Old Testament was designing like homes and people's things and chairs and tables. And now this guy's skill created something that no one had ever thought of. God actually put the blueprint in his mind and in his heart so that he would build the Ark of the Covenant, the place where the Spirit of God would dwell. This is the thing that you and I have to kind of grab hold of and this is the thing that we've got to lean into. Many of us are trying to do our life. We're trying to live our calling do our jobs based on our talent, based on our skills. And here's what I found to be true. There's someone always smarter than you. I worked in a higher education and there was always people smarter. There's always somebody that knows more. There's also always someone that's done more research. There's always somebody in your field that's have more experience than you. Or even when you get to the place, again, I just feel like I'm just confessing a lot of things in my heart today. I used to be the age that I was the young guy coming up. And then I'm not. So here's the thing. When you don't know stuff, you're the young new thing. Then by the time you know some stuff, I'm got no hair and I have gray hair in my beard. If I was only relying on what I had, I would be aged out of things. This is a word for somebody this morning. The spirit of God empowering you gives you sustainability. It gives you the, the ability to last and have longevity. Longevity isn't because you're good enough. Longevity is because you're empowered by the Holy Spirit. The spirit empowers us for work that he calls us to do. And some of us got to get the, the change and the, dis, the difference between your calling and your vocation. Many of you are frustrated right now because your vocation doesn't look like your calling. Hear me on this. There will be times and seasons in your life when you have to fund your ministry habit. Here's what I mean by this. Your vocation may not always be in line 
with what God has called you, created, and empowered you to do. But you know what you do in those seasons? Just what the Apostle Paul did. His side hustle was making tents. His life's work was planning churches. Some of us have gotten overwhelmed that our calling is no longer the forefront of our mind. We're just over here hustling. Every day I'm hustling, hustling. Isn't, isn't that the, the, the worst way to live? Some of you, you've been hustling and you've been grinding for decades and where does it have you? What you need is the spirit of God to empower you. The spirit of God to breathe on the giftings and the talents that's already in you. Listen to me, friend. You are enough if you're empowered with the spirit. But if you're not, you will always be lacking. If you're not, you'll always feel like you're grasping for what is just out of your reach. The spirit sustains us and carries us. The third thing I want to offer you today this is where we'll land. Ezekiel chapter 37, I think this speaks to, the spirit brings renewal. The spirit brings renewal. And here's the beautiful thing, the same spirit that's creating is the same spirit that is recreating. When we look at Ezekiel chapter 37, that question is powerful and he asks the question of Ezekiel. He says, can these bones live? And I want you to see and I want you to feel and identify because I identify deeply with Ezekiel's response. It's a very clear question. Ezekiel, what do you think? I want you to see this valley of dry bones. I want you to see all the death. I want you to see all the decay. I want you to see the broken dreams. I want you to see what you hope for laying here in waste. I want you to see death. I, I want you to see, here the bones. And do you see how the Bible said that there were bones on top of bones? In other words, this wasn't just a few, but this was many. God says to him, can these bones live? Can what was put in the grave, can it live again? And Ezekiel's response, he says what? He says, Lord, only you know. Now, we can read that two different ways, can't we? We can read that as the way of just utter dependence on God. God only you know. Or we can read it as, I don't know. I don't know. You tell me. You tell me. You see, there's sometimes where we respond to God and it's not responding out of confidence, it's responding out of kind of just pushing away from the conversation. Ezekiel, can these bones live? Only you know, Lord. Only you know. Right, because sometimes it's easier not to engage the question. Sometimes it's easier just to push away from the table because that conversation's too difficult. Only you know, Lord. And then what God says, and this is the beauty of God, God takes the indecision, God takes the uncertainty, and all God is looking for in your life and in mine is just a moment, just a crack in the door. He says, God, only you know. And he says, all right, 
I want you to say to these bones. Prophesy to these bones. Whenever you see this idea of prophecy in the Old Testament, many people get jammed up with it. But all the prophetic is, is us being able to see from the point of view of God and pronouncing that to people. The problem with modern day prophecy is too many people are talking for themselves and acting like it's God. Y'all didn't hear that. The problem with too many people is they are operating out of their spirit, not being influenced by God's spirit. And then trying to fake everybody else like this is God. And he says, what I want you to do is I want you to speak from my point of view. In other words, I understand how you see things, Ezekiel. You're seeing that the fact that you no longer have temple, you no longer have home, you no longer have these things, but I just want you to know that my spirit is enough. So why don't you open your mouth? Why don't you see the possibilities that are here rather than the problems that are in front of you? Why don't you see the opportunity for a miracle to be in motion rather than just seeing the things that are laying dead in front of you? He says, I want you to prophesy. Open your mouth. He says that when you do that, you're going to find these bones are going to come back together. He says that what was used to be a, a laying graveyard, now you're going to see this is going to be a vast army in front of you. What if the dead things in your life right now are just waiting on the spirit to bring renewal so that they can now be the force in front of you? He says, prophesy to the bones. So he does that and the bones come together. And then do you see what's missing? The breath or the spirit. Because there can be a lot of things in our life, there can be a lot going on in our lives, but void of the spirit, it doesn't matter. It's unfinished. And I'm telling you, there are things in your life, there are relationships, there are dreams, there are hopes, there's stuff in you that is dormant because the Spirit of God has not been invited in. Cool church, speak to the wind. Cool church, pray. Spirit, come. Breathe on these dry bones. Spirit, come. Breathe on my marriage. Here's another problem that we've got to get past. Many of us are very, very comfortable asking questions of people to the left and to the right of us. You think my marriage can make it? The problem is you just asked the person that got a divorce six months ago. We're asking people questions that they don't have the capacity to answer. Can your marriage live? God, only you know. God, only you know. My, my kids, are they going to come back? Are they going to return? Are they going to return to the Lord? Only you know, God. You know, God. You know the date and the time. God, am I able to be rescued and redeemed after all that I've done? Only you know. Because he dances on the wild and the waste all the seasons in your life that you thought you were just wiling out. All the places in your life where you feel like you wasted opportunities and you wasted seasons. Some of you have been sitting in church for months struggling with the idea that you wasted so much. All you can see in your life are the dead bones. And I'm just saying to you, dead bones come together and live underneath the spirit of the living God. We 
where do you find yourself in need of the Spirit? Do you need the Spirit to create in you? Maybe for you it's the Spirit creating. That prayer of David comes to mind where he says, God, create in me a clean heart, O oh God. And renew a right spirit within me. Cast me not away from your presence. And keep your Holy Spirit in me. Some of you, what you need today is for the God to create in you a fresh and anew. For the first time. Maybe returning, but but you said, Jesus, I just need you. I don't need ideas. I don't need intellectual assent. I don't need to get better at this. I don't need more training. I just need you. Surrender my life to you. The spirit in that moment, that same spirit that creates in Genesis that the same spirit right now that is hovering over you. Maybe for you, what you need is the spirit to empower you. Maybe this year you don't want to walk into another season without the spirit of God's touch on your life. So I just need the power that only comes from the Holy Spirit. And it's not a power so that I could flex. It's not a power just so that I could gain. It's not a power so that I could beat or win. It is a power so that there could be an impact and there could be an influence for the kingdom of God. And then I believe deeply one of the things that God has brought me here today for is to say that whatever dry and dead bones that are in this house, that are in your life, live, live. Cool church, would you bow your heads? Would you pray with me today? We know each other, so I'm not gonna waste time you're here you said Charlie I need I need the spirit of God to recreate in me a clean heart a pure heart I need to put down old life I need to I need to receive forgiveness I, I need to grab hold of and cling to the grace of Jesus my faith might be weary but it's enough for me to make this movement Listen to me right here under the sound of my voice. When you make a decision to follow Jesus, you're not talk, taking all the steps at once. You're just taking one step. And that first step is an acknowledgement. I need Jesus. Apart from Jesus, I can't do this. I don't care how skilled you are. I don't care how talented you are. If you're here under the sound of my voice and you say, listen, I need Jesus. Here's what I believe today. This is what I believe the Lord has called us to do. I believe that an altar is the place in where you and I are altered. I believe that the place of God, where we meet God at an altar, is the place where things come to die and the place that we receive all that God has from us. So listen, if you in this place right here, right now, you want the Spirit of God to create in you a clean heart, a fresh heart. I think even in this, there are some of you that are getting ready to start a business. You're getting ready to launch into a business. And I just wanna to say to you that the spirit that created in Genesis is the same spirit that's gonna help you create and launch that, that business. If that's you, I want you just to come find yourself and find a place right down here at the altar. So people are gonna come pray with you. We're gonna move quickly because I've got three, I've got two other calls after this one. 
But listen, if this is you and you know right now you need to do business with the Lord, I'm not asking you to raise your hand. I'm not asking you to do anything. I want you to get up out of your seat and I want you to meet me here. If the Spirit of God is moving on your heart right here and right now, you know it. Because right now you're also having the thought where you're like jammed up like, oh gosh, do I really respond? Yes, respond. Just come down here. He said, I just needed to create in me a clean heart. I need his hand on me. If, if that's you, the, the business, if that's you, come over here to, to my left, my, my right, your left. If that's you, I feel that, I feel that strong. And I want to I make sure we're praying specifically for that. If you're surrendering your life to Jesus today, come down right here. Man, there is nothing to be ashamed of. It says there's no condemnation for those that are in Christ Jesus. This is a church that loves to lead people into this step of following Jesus. That's why this church exists. Church all across this building, would you stand to your feet? If you're comfortable, would you just stretch your hands towards, towards those that are here, those that have come to receive Jesus for the first time? Church, why don't we put our hands together? Come on, why don't we celebrate what God's doing? The Bible says that if we confess with our mouth and we believe in our heart that Jesus is Lord, in that moment, we are transformed. In that moment, we are set in a, in a new direction, in a new path. So Father, we thank you for those that have made that decision. We pray, God, that you would seal in their hearts in this moment create God afresh and anew for those that are here and starting a business that God is leading you to a new season I pray now God that the spirit that danced over the wild and the waste where there was chaos where there were questions where there was uncertainty all of those things that you have as you're stepping out may the faith that you have in Jesus may it sustain you as the spirit of God anoints you and empowers you may it be the spirit that is creating not your intellect not your wisdom not your networking not your correction or your connections the Bible says that it is not by might it's not by power but it's by the Spirit of God that do what only you can do. In the name of Jesus, we pray. Stay right here in this posture. Are you here and you're saying, you're saying, God, I need your Spirit to empower me. You say, I just need the Spirit to empower me. If that's you, get out of your seat. Come down here to the altar. There's just something about this movement. I know it's awkward. I know it's difficult. Listen to me. If you're desiring for the Spirit of God to empower you, it won't matter. You know it. You can feel it. It's an ache. There might have even been things that have been said in this service today that you've been thinking in your mind. Some of you have been wondering why, why is your effort not paying off? And that's because it's the best you can do. But what God's inviting you to is why don't you see what the best that you can do with the Spirit of God added to that? Why don't you see what that looks like? So God, as they come with a desire for the Spirit of God to empower them, we pray, come Holy Spirit. Come Holy Spirit. 
you empowered the the disciples and those gathered in the upper room you empowered them for the work of being witnesses and testifying to the goodness and the glory of God. May those that feel the Spirit drawing and the Spirit guiding them, may they feel and know that the Spirit of God rests upon them from the top of their head to the soles of their feet, from the inside of them, from the out. Stop trying to bring change and renewal externally first, but allow the Spirit of God to birth something on the inside of you and live your life in such a way that you move from the inside out. May you be felt before you're heard. And finally, if you're here today and you feel like the Spirit of God is just hitting you between the eyes with that question, can these bones live? I feel this specifically for marriages in the room. And I'm not trying to embarrass you. I'm not, I'm not. But I believe that there is a grace in this moment. I believe that the Spirit of God is here. I believe there's people that want to pray with you, that want to believe with you. Listen to me, if you are in a place and you're in a season and it's just been hard, and that's the question looming over your marriage, if that's the question looming over your kids, I want you to respond right now in the presence of the Lord. I know this is hard. I know it is. Next time, I'll just have you raise your hands. I promise. I promise. But this time, we just can't today. I just... But if that's you, I want you to get out. And husband and wife, if you're here, I need you to come down together. Because that's the first movement. Praise God, I see people moving and I applaud your courage. There are gonna be people that'll, that'll meet you here to pray, but listen to me. Here's just some practical, some practical help that I wanna give you in your marriage right here. And it's right in the scripture. You follow right through the scripture. Can these bones live? So you're asking the question, can we make it? Can we make it? God only you know. Now notice what happens next. What comes out of Ezekiel's mouth is not his thoughts. What comes out of Ezekiel's mouth is not his experiences. What comes out of Ezekiel's mouth is the word of the Lord. The enemy can only use against you the things that you say. Some of you, the repenting that needs to happen is what you've said against or towards and about your spouse. They guard your words, guard your heart, but then get in the rhythm of saying the word of the Lord, declare the word of the Lord. Preach to your marriage, not to your spouse. Hello. Nicole and I were first married, we'd get in an argument and I'd start quoting scripture out loud. That never went well. <laughs> I'm like, Lord, this woman you gave me. That was the wrong verse to quote. That was the wrong verse. The right verses to quote is we will live and not die. Yeah. If the same spirit that raised Christ from the dead 
dwells in us. It'll quicken our bodies. Some of y'all need to understand that it is the spirit of God that will revive your marriage. Some of y'all need to get around some people in this house that have been through some scenes. They've seen restoration in their marriages. They've seen difficult seasons bow down and armies be raised up. Church, come on, let's pray. If you feel comfortable, won't you stretch your hands towards those that are down here? I'm gonna ask the worship team just to lead us here in a moment. We're gonna worship in a moment because here's what I believe. As we just simply lift our voices as we worship, God is going to do the work. Let's give space for the Holy Spirit to do some things in us. We've responded. We've responded to the word. We've responded to the spirit. Now what we need is the spirit to come. Church, why don't you pray that with me? Come, Holy Spirit. Come, Holy Spirit. Create in us. Renew us. Renew us, God. Restore us. And revive us once again. Every marriage, I bind the enemy's plan to steal, kill, and destroy. And I plead the blood of Jesus over every marriage, over every home where kids are wayward. They're far from God. In the name of Jesus, we, we declare the promises of God that the word will not return void. You're a faithful God. You're a true God. And we lift our voices in worship. Come on, church, let's sing. Come on, let's just worship together. Thank you so much for tuning in. To hear more messages like this one, please be sure to subscribe and check out our podcast channel. And if you like what you heard, please consider sharing with your friends and family to be a blessing to their lives as well. Don't forget to connect with us at our website, thecoolchurch.com. And be sure to follow us on Instagram and Facebook at We Are Cool Church. And always remember that you were created out of love.